0: The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes
1: that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual
0: content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: The following episode has been brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network and is sponsored by... Deadly Grounds Coffee.
0: 3, 2, 1, and now. You're tuned
2: in to the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in moves, entertainment, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream audience. The Navarro Miller Report. Examine your reality.
1: can't even talk right now welcome everybody to the navarro miller report i'm your host dave navarro
2: and i'm jeremy miller
1: i keep forgetting to hit that freaking button every single time
2: (laughs) fine with me the less i have to hear you the better uh, that's so sweet so
1: nice to see you the hurricane didn't affect you any at all
2: no not a bit it, uh, you know we were actually very very lucky very very blessed uh you know it did hit a lot of areas uh pretty bad especially areas that had been yeah. you know recently burned scarred from the fires and stuff like that but luckily uh me and most of my loved ones were far away from those areas so you know we, we had a out to anybody who was affected we had uh, a earthquake too to make i, my I know work. <laughs> a earthquake. it was it, it was interesting uh you know i it, it we felt it where we were you know it was located right. up near Pie, um which isn't too far from us it's only about an hour and a half away you know from where where my mom stays and you know where we spend half our time um but it wasn't too bad i mean i you know i'm an la vet i mean if it's under if it's five or under i don't even bother getting up off the couch so
1: yep. <laughs> i agree i wholeheartedly agree with that i mean i I was, it was the craziest thing because I mean, we were, um, I was actually just chilling on my bed and all of a sudden I started feeling like this, like weird little wave. And I'm like, I'm looking around cause usually when that happens, it's cause my cat just like jumps on my bed. So I look around and I'm like, uh, my cat's not here and it still continued on. And I was like, and then I see like these hangers that I have hung on my, uh, on my, on my, uh, on the, in the, in the. Uh, freaking! I forget what the hell it's called, but I see them start shaking, swaying back and forth. I was like, "Oh, this is an earthquake!" <laughs> I was like, "This is this is no bullshit. This is an earthquake." Now it's on. So
2: that was that was fun. That was fun. That was a fun yeah, time. Joanie was not terribly happy. She's like, "Wait a second, not both." She's like, "I traded hurricanes for earthquakes <laughs> when I moved from Texas, you know, to, oh, to that, California." That, she's like, "Now oh. I got both." Really? It was, it she was, was not a happy. Yeah, well, we didn't know that at the time, did we? <laughs> true,
1: true. <laughs> well, I wanted to welcome everybody to the show and to the stream. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the stream right now. Uh, and we also, well, I mean, aside from that, uh, it was the the hurricane came and went. And last night, actually, um, you know, we went by about our daily lives, and, and including last night, uh, where uh, Joni invited me not you because you know you try to avoid me as much as possible but your your lovely fiance joni invited me to tag along with you guys yesterday for the uh induction of the transformers into the hollywood museum and that was a lot of fun
2: yeah that was a blast last night it was so cool to see all the memorabilia um they brought in uh multiple cars um you know, they had one of the cars from *Rise of the Beast*. They had the Bumblebee Camaro. They yeah. had it was really, really badass.
1: Yeah, I was enjoying it
2: wholeheartedly. I was like, "Dad, this is freaking awesome!" I'm like, I, I loved it. I loved it, dude. Like, especially seeing Bumblebee. You know how much I love the Hollywood Museum anyway. They have so much cool stuff there. I can't wait to get to go back with you when we go to the other floors. Yeah. There are are four floors plus a basement that are just filled with some of the best exhibits you can see. If you guys are in the L.A. area and you haven't been to the Hollywood Museum, you got to go. And if you're coming into town, trust me, it's one of those tourist things you're going to want to do. If you're a fan of Hollywood at all and movies and TV, you got to go. Oh yeah,
1: uh absolutely. I mean, I, I'm there and I'm like a kid in the candy store looking at oh, yeah. it. I was like, Oh, I remember this TV show. Oh, that <laughs> movie. Are you kidding me? This is from the movie, it's so much fun. It's like it's really a lot of fun to actually even go back and seeing a lot of the old stuff on there. I mean, it just like you know, a lot of memories. And mm-hmm. again, I asked you this question last night, and I'm gonna ask it. And I'm sure a lot of our viewers are also asking the same thing. When will they be inducting groin pains? into the Hollywood Museum, because honestly, that show, and I'm not talking about a spe- specific cast member, nothing of like that. I'm talking about the show as a whole. The entire cast and everything deserve to be inducted into the Hollywood Museum because that show, and you know I hate giving you compliments, that show is many of our childhoods. I mean, we watched that growing up. I mean, we, we loved the show. I barely barely tolerated your character um but other than that the show as a whole is just amazing we 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 want to see it i mean i'm i'm sure i speak for a lot of the fans of growing pains we would love to see growing pains be inducted into the hollywood museum
2: well i have gotten to know the head of the museum uh very well over the years that i've been a supporter of the hollywood museum i've been going to these events and supporting and helping to promote it so we have talked about it um We've talked about possibly be doing an Allen tribute, you know, something specifically to Allen since he passed. And because he was so iconic in all of television, you know, his his ill-fated talk show, which was actually really good. It's just they stuck him against Johnny Carson. And, you know, Allen's favorite joke always was they always said no one could beat Carson and I was the man they hired to prove it. Um, and that's oh, basically. Yeah. You know, that's what happened, but he had a great talk show. He wrote the theme songs to some of the most iconic shows on television. Yep. Facts of life, different strokes. He wrote numerous jingles that you would know. He helped write numerous other um, you know, theme songs. So we're talking about it, whether we do um whether I help them put together a tribute to Alan first and then we move on and do a growing pains tribute, or if they decide, as you know, if the museum decides that they want to do a growing pains tribute first um there it will be coming i do not know a time frame um my guess would be sometime in the next year or two uh cuz it will take a, t- a while to get you know as much memorabilia as we can you know i got to call all the cast and see what they still have on hand i got to try and track down producers and people who may have things ex wardrobe people all that stuff it's going to take a while once they once they give me the green light but it is in talks and uh growing pains will be there at some point soon
1: i mean I gotta tell you, it happens. I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna cry. I'm most definitely gonna cry. I'm gonna be teary-eyed if I if, like when I'm there because I know I'm gonna end up being there one way or another. Uh, not invited by you, of course, but by of Joey. Course. So you know, I mean, I'm gonna be there, and uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna cry, dude. Like if I see that, I'm gonna definitely get emotional uh, when I see when when it happens because it will happen. I know it will happen.
2: Uh, it'll be a serious honor when when Growing Pains is is given its spot in the museum um that place is such a special place and there's so many iconic shows and to be included in that would be an amazing honor um yeah i may shed a tear too i can tell you if they do an allen tribute i'll definitely wow. be a mess that that's not even a question and, but i mean and i just want to say that on um, you know
1: we do have people that are green uh you know i mean we have jc the saying uh you know that's saying that uh actually that's not the <laughs> that's the wrong one uh Is that, uh, oh my God, there's just so many comments right now. There we go. I found it. (laughs) JC saying, uh, Dave Navarro, you're dead on. They should add stuff from groin pains. Absolutely. Uh, you also have, uh, Carl saying, uh, Carl McDonald saying, I totally agree. Um, and you have, uh, Joe saying I was about the same age as little Ben. So, and of course, you have uh, your uh, lovely fiance saying, preach, Steve tomorrow. So <laughs> I mean, everybody agrees. We all agree that that should, in fact, happen.
2: But well, like so. I said, it has been discussed. Uh, Donnell Dadigan, who is the amazing head of the museum, um, her and I have had many discussions about this, and it will be coming at some point. Um, so it's really an honor, and uh, I can't wait to see it. It'll take some time, like I said, to put together, but it will be coming soon.
1: And I also uh, wanted to go ahead and welcome uh, TikTok, because we are all also live on TikTok. I can't forget the TikTok peeps out there. So welcome, everybody, to the show as well. Uh, We also, uh, Michael also commented saying, uh, great idea, Jeremy. Alan Thicke was was an amazing person. Kindly let us know. Absolutely.
2: No, whenever, whenever I get any news on this, you guys will definitely be the first to know, um, you know, when the exhibit would be open or when they're planning on adding it to the museum.
1: And also, uh, Carl says if it happens, Jeremy, send them one of the extra caricatures.
2: Oh, absolutely! I still have them. Um, I still have the one I had and the copy, and um, I gave uh, Kirk one last time I saw him, Carl. And I haven't seen Tracy and Joanna's in a in a bit, but next time I see them, I'll be giving them theirs too. Carl did the most amazing character uh, caricature of the cast, and then an individual of us as well, and it was just so freaking cool. He's really talented. Um, so yeah, that's uh that's something that i'm actually going to you know present them and see if they want to put up as well nice nice and, you so know, there's some classic things i'm hoping to get maybe you know kirk's iconic leather bomber jacket um you know was yeah, there, there's
1: you always wore all the time on the yeah, show I remember that there's
2: there's many different things that were kind of classic for the characters um or for different scenes from the home so there's certain things i have my mind set on that i'd love to be able to get a hold of if we can track them down
1: Ah, uh, real quick, and I hate to have to go ahead and say this, I have no choice. One Nation on TikTok is saying, uh, "USC, woohoo, Jeremy, fight on!" <laughs> I can't even say it on
2: One Nation.
0: <laughs>
2: Game Sorry. day tomorrow, I will be there for opening
1: day. Oh, God, not that's gonna be like what? Maybe there's this gonna like the seats are gonna be like empty, right? I'm I'm pretty sure because everybody hates USC.
2: Yeah, uh, Heisman Trophy winner <laughs> returning and no, a... whatever. Okay, whatever. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you all.
1: Anyways, moving on to something again. Wonderful time last night. Had a blast. Transformers, that was really cool to watch. And it was great to see a lot of, uh, it was a star-studded event. We had a lot of people, a lot of different celebrities were in there uh, besides yourself. I mean, we had people from Young and the Restless. Maria Conchita Alonso was there. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: we had a lot of like people that were there to honor the Transformers being uh, inducted into the Hollywood Museum. There's a lot of people who support the museum. Uh, You know, it is such a important part of Hollywood history and preserving all of that. So the amount of stars that come out to, uh, you know, support these events is always huge. And, you know, there are people that I've been I've known for many, many years, and it's always just a bit of old home week getting to catch up with everybody.
1: Nice, nice. It was actually really cool. I actually saw a few people that I met the last time I was there, so that was a lot of fun to actually see them all again. But uh, moving on to some uh, some cool stuff right here for the podcast, as we always have it, everybody on TikTok uh, may, may or may not know this, so anybody new that's watching us right now, I go ahead and submit Jeremy to Blind Reacts of TikTok because he claims he doesn't want to be on TikTok, although he has a page on there, uh, at, Jer- at the real um, Jeremy Mueller. Um. Whatever, Uh. so go ahead, make sure you follow him, make sure all of you follow him, Uh. he will, he will get on there, I can guarantee it. <laughs> he may say no, but he secretly wants to, I can tell, he wants to, I know it. <laughs> join us, Jeremy, join all of us. <laughs> Anyways, we, <laughs> we got some uh, blonde reacts for, this one in particular, and Jeremy, I told you about this yesterday, uh, but I couldn't really describe it to all, well. I had to show it to you. This particular TikTok has to do with the intelligence of a person, and a tire. Check it out.
2: Okay, so if this is where it's leaking, then why isn't this flat and it's flat down there?
1: Um, I just, I, I, I had to show you that one because, well, um, Jeremy, what are your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Evil, dude.
2: That is terribly frightening um somebody can't figure that out Uh, the comments were hilarious oh i'm sure people were going insane (laughs) on that I, I, i i don't know what to tell you i mean given there are some people who just don't know anything about cars but you know basic common sense should tell you the pressure of the car pushing down on the tire is what causes it to be flat um down there there's no pressure up top i it's a very common sense kind of a thing you would hope somebody could kind of just look at and understand but apparently not um
1: i blame it on not. i'm so
2: worried about the future of, uh, i think i think el nino
1: had something to do with that with that Dude, I i'm mean, telling
2: you our our, our species <laughs> is is going extinct on a very fast scale oh my goodness <laughs> i blame
1: society <laughs> <laughs> oh carl had the best response to that one
2: Florida woman <laughs> <laughs> That was the best response. Oh, and Meg's not on to defend herself.
1: <laughs> actually, no. Meg is actually watching a little bit. She's from Florida. She's from Tallahassee. So, <laughs> that was the best response, so I love it. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> moving on to another one. This next one has to do with a pilot messing with his passengers on a plane and making them a little bit nervous with some of the things he said on the speaker check it out
0: salaam alaikum brothers and sisters this is your pilot Muhammad ali abdullah ibrahim uh, we just want to thank you for flying southwest uh, this is your last flight all other flights are grounded after this one for the night uh, we do have bombs on the plane uh, bombs burgers is sponsoring the flight so please enjoy the burger on us uh, once we get in California, there'll be another 9-11, maybe 12% chance of rain, so please fasten your seatbelts and, uh, get ready.
1: <laughs> That's just wrong! <laughs> That's just wrong! It's like, oh, the pilot's playing way too much. He's playing way, way too much with the feelings of these people. <laughs> I can't.
2: I can't. Personally, I have a very dark sense of humor. I would have found that brilliant. I would have been dying, <laughs> rolling in my seat, absolutely dying. But let me go to the other side of that. There are still people who are very traumatized by those events. Yeah. who have uh, a lot of repressed feelings and who are, uh, could be very triggered by something like that. And honestly, it's one of those things where I would understand if they were. So that's crossing the line a little bit. I have a dark sense of humor. I would have been dying laughing. Oh, yeah. Oh, most
1: definitely. But, I mean, but the reaction on the passengers is like, wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what is supposed to like? And when we get to Los Angeles, it'll be a nine, uh, another 9-11, maybe
2: 12%. <laughs> I, I would have been dying. I think I would have been falling out of my chair. <laughs> i had one pilot at time who did not he was messing a little bit he was just doing his thing but he was giving um he was doing some of the instructions because it was a smaller plane so it wasn't the actual um flight attendant doing the instructions and he basically said something along you know along the lines of you know if you have to fasten your seatbelt like this. And if you can't figure it out, you know, it's usually where they say, ask a flight attendant for help. Yeah. And he basically just said, you know, if you can't figure it out, well, you know, you're kind of just asked out since, you know, it's been like, if you can't figure this out at this point, you're just asked out. And we Went on through this whole spiel. He's like, if we start losing cabin pressure and we have to put it down, bend over, call your loved ones and kiss your ass. Goodbye. <laughs> Everybody in my row was just like on the floor. We were dying. I think <laughs>
1: i had a flight attendant do something like that actually i had a pilot say something like that on my way to vegas um and then we got uh one nation saying uh he says southwest really well all other stuff (laughs) oh my god you gotta love these tiktoks this next one has to do (laughs) with a married couple that uh the husband's just trying to go ahead and uh show other husbands How to uh, defend himself if his wife decides to, you know, attack? Well, just go ahead and check it out. Okay. I'm going to give you some tips just in case you piss off your wife. Come here. First of all, make sure she's within striking distance. Secondly, she's going to attack so you block out. No, out. Okay, stop. Stop. Okay, she's going to attack. You're going to block, block. out. No, no. You're doing
0: this wrong. if you listen
1: to me, I win. What the fuck? Bro. <gasps> okay. I'm going to give you some tips. Sorry. <laughs> it's
2: just that you know, with a chancla one last time for good measure. I was going to say chancla power, baby. Uh, <laughs> That's, oh my god I, I know nothing about that i don't need that my, my my beautiful is so sweet i i i that is you know that's that's somebody else i i've I, jeremy jeremy
1: blink twice, twice if you're in trouble <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh you're dead
1: you're so dead i
2: know she's gonna kill me
1: oh yeah oh yeah folks if uh we don't see jeremy miller next friday on next friday's show um we'll know
2: why <laughs> I started leaving like Chris Titus, you know, when he was a kid and knew his dad was pissed, Start leaving messages. I am not in China. Oh. <laughs> Look for the body. <laughs> well, it's actually funny. Johnny
1: is actually joining me on TikTok. Oh, boy. And she went ahead and said, hey, I know where you sleep. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't do this anymore. Um <laughs> at the one society on um, TikTok is saying better than her leaving a present on the bed. <laughs> that's just the yeah. Amber
2: Heard reference. Um
1: Amber, yeah, that's an Amber Heard reference if I ever heard if I ever heard one. <laughs> oh
2: god. But um <laughs>
1: thank you i'll be here for another few minutes um anyways ahead, moving on to some uh weird and outlandish news i actually found one that was actually very interesting today uh as i'm scrolling through uh tiktok i'm sorry it's tiktok i got tiktok on the brain right now as i'm scrolling through puberty uh, at puberty on instagram i noticed that there was a story having to do with aliens and as we all know uh, that's a really hot topic for many people right now. And according to at Puberty, it says uh, a NASA scientist says she's absolutely certain there's alien life in our solar system, and they're most likely hiding in Venus. I'm sure she probably meant Uranus, but anyways. Uh, according to <laughs> – sorry, I had to, yeah, had yeah. to go there. <laughs> to go there according to dr michelle thaller a research scientist at the space agency at the goddard space flight center she's certain our our little green friends have set up shop on the second planet from the sun where the conditions are unbearable for humans she says quote i never expected venus venus is now one where we see something in the atmosphere that looks very much like it could be produced by bacteria she said She continued on to say, I think it's only a matter of time until we have proof that it's in the solar system. Dr. Thaler said, while speaking about collecting evidence to confirm life beyond Earth. Um, And this comes actually just days after. uh, Well, we'll get into that one in a second. But first, I want to hear your opinion, Jeremy, because I know you probably your brain's probably like rolling right now with thoughts about this
2: (laughs) at this time not so much role and it's really just one thing you know whenever i hear a scientist say they are certain uh, it it makes me laugh because there is no certainty in science and any real scientist will admit that it's all probability it's all probability and seeing things test out but every every theory which is ends up being proven you know, still has a chance at being disproven or proven that there's more to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a very famous uh, scene in Friends where Phoebe basically rips Ross apart about <laughs> his belief that there is no, you know, possibility besides evolution, all this. And, you know, she breaks it down how scientists at one point <laughs> were certain that the atom was the smallest thing in the, you know, universe until they broke it open and found all this other crap you know, so on and so forth. So science can only be as certain as the information at the time allows it to be. And that's why scientific knowledge is always evolving and changing. So it it makes me laugh when I hear a scientist say that they are certain because there is no certainty in science. There's always more to learn. There's always more will be revealed.
1: I mean, scientifically, I'm certain I can't stand you.
2: That's not scientific. That's just, you know, An emotional response. <laughs> you just love me so much. You just you have it, to no, find a way to lash out.
1: I'm pretty certain I can't stand your your team.
2: I, I, I can tolerate you. I can't stand your team. I'm certain of that that we is a know, fact that's a fact there's no scientific you know scientific process to prove that <laughs> anyways um it's actually it's actually funny It all seriousness it's actually
1: funny because this comes three days mm-hmm. after scientists went ahead and uh they they believed that they that aliens would contact earth Three days ago, because these, it marks 40 years since astronomers Miramoto and Hirabayashi sent message uh, messages to star Altair awaiting alien response. Now, the messages they sent were little drawings of it was just actually funny drawings of human evolution, how we started from a little like atom and then grew, you know, and evolved, uh, you know, uh, Homo sapiens, etc., and into humans, etc. Uh, Obviously, we didn't get any response back. (laughs) We were like, um, new solar system, who (laughs) (laughs) this?"
2: I decided to go the other direction. (laughs) You know my theory, man. I have never said that I don't believe that there's life out there. I mean, there is so much space that we can't even see, that we can't explore, you know, that we don't even have a clue what's out there. Um, it would be arrogant to believe that we are the only life, of you know, anywhere, but at the same time, we are such a train wreck. I, why would they want anything to do with us, man? I mean, seriously, unless as we've talked about before, unless we're just like their reality show, they just show up occasionally to watch the freaking drama and mess that we create. I, I, I can't see them wanting to have much to do with, uh, with the, uh, humans, human race.
1: I agree. I agree. I mean, either that or I mean, literally, we're like a petri dish that's gone wrong.
2: Like <laughs> <laughs> really, really wrong. It's it's like the line <laughs> in Men in Black, you know, Tommy Lee Jones has the little translator that he's shown to Will Smith. He's like, We're not even supposed to have this. In in most enlightened galaxies, you know human thought is hum, no, human thought is, is, is thought so primitive expect- it's considered it's considered <laughs> an infectious disease. disease. Yeah, no, it's so, bad that's how i would you know think that any highly intelligent life you know it's been living out in space for lord knows how long um uh, would probably view us
1: oh and it's and i wouldn't doubt it i wouldn't doubt it i mean uh you know case in point at the one society saying it's all about the probing <laughs> <laughs> done with TikTok. I can't do this anymore. I keep saying that but I keep coming back and I'm going to bring you with me, Jeremy. I'm <laughs> bring you with me, I'm saying. We got <laughs> We got some more awesome stuff to talk about with you guys today in entertainment news. But uh before we get into that, we have
2: some messages
1: from our wonderful sponsors coming up next.
2: Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so
0: intoxicating.
2: It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Brown's coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Ugh, oh, they're so disgusting.
1: I swear, I think uh, the aliens saw that commercial and were like, ha, funny. We'll <laughs> <laughs> just turn the
2: other way. <laughs> I'm sorry, the commercial makes me smile and chuckle every single time.
1: Hey, use the front door. Oh, they're so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I like that part. That's one of my favorite parts, I'll be honest. Uh, in entertainment news today, uh, actually this week, uh, Matthew McConaughey's uh uh wife, Camila Alves, recalls uh that she used to butt heads with Matthew McConaughey's uh mother. And uh, she was actually on uh, the Biscuits and Jam podcast and she went ahead and actually, I actually want to talk about this on the radio show, but I, I got cut out of time and there was no way I could talk about this. I'll dive more into this. so I'm happy I was able to save it for the podcast instead. Uh, she basically said, recalled how uh, Matthew McConaughey's mother used to like... Uh, do certain things early on in their relationship when she was dating Matthew. Uh, She said, quote, she did all these things when I first came in the picture. Uh, She was really testing me. I mean, really testing me. She would call me by all of Matthew's ex-girlfriend's names. Uh, She would start speaking Spanish with me in a very broken way, kind of putting me down a bit. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Then she tried to actually, she tried to connect with his mother by bringing her along to one of her shoots in istanbul and she said that the whole quote the whole way there the whole plane ride to istanbul she was telling me all these stories and putting all these things in my head enough that when we landed i was like okay all right let me buckle up let me get ready for this situation uh And then about day three, I was taking her to her room and she got into this whole other thing that it's not my place to share. And she starts crying and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, mom, mom, Mac feeling so sorry. She continues. And as I put her to bed, I look at her and I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's full of shit. Uh, So I just flip out on her and brought my spicy Brazilian Latin side and I let her have it. So I went back at her, and we had it back and forth, back and forth. And then at the end, she just looked at me, and she was like, okay, now you're in. <laughs> she says all she wanted was for me to fight back. So in essence, Matthew's mom was testing her to see if she actually had enough of enough of uh, gumption to be able to fight back. Because in Matthew's line of work, in her line of work, she needs to be a strong Woman to have Matthew's really? back in anything in any backlash. And I think that I, I'm just I'm and I'm just assuming here. I'm not saying that this is the case, but judging by what she's saying, I think Mama Mac was trying to go ahead and see is this woman gonna be strong enough to take on, you know, the responsibility of handling all of what Matthew has behind him.
2: Yeah. It makes sense to me. I mean, I've known many people, many friends who have had issues um, with in-laws at the beginning of the relationship, throughout the relationship. A lot of times these things, you know, rectify themselves. Um, Sometimes, like in this case, they're just testing them. Um, You know, I had a friend who was from a very, very wealthy family. I'm not going to name names, but you guys would recognize the family name. And basically his dad would offer any girl that you know he was getting serious about money to go away (laughs) just to see if they'd take it i think i remember this yeah just to see if they were for real you know he wasn't it's not that he disliked them or anything else but he would offer them an exorbitant amount of money just to see if they'd leave and you know he had a couple takers um but it's, some parents feel the need to you know test people i i don't technically agree with that uh personally i think it's a little manipulative um you know i think you just get to know somebody as you get to know them and i i, I don't agree with the whole manipulating somebody into doing something like that to prove something to you but some people feel the need uh but you know in-law relationships can be interesting i mean when i first started when i first started dating Joni, and we're doing the longest i was, long about, distance I was, I was about to ask you that too yeah You know, Joni's parents, extremely conservative. We've talked about this before. Her father's Mm -hmm. pastor, mom's pastor's wife. I mean, extremely conservative. I mean, I've said it before. Her dad makes John Lithgow's character in Footloose look like a wild man. Yep. So they're just extreme. So, I mean, one of the the very first times I met them, her dad kind of took me aside. I know I'm like, okay, it's time for the talk. And, you know, he basically asked me, you know, told me that, you know, Are you, you know, are you going to be able to, you know, get her to dress proper and do this? And am I going to, you know, make her do this? And then the other thing, I just kind of looked at him. I was like, have you met your daughter? (laughs) (laughs) Makes her do anything. Have you not figured that out yet? Um, it's like if you guys couldn't make her do
1: anything what makes you think i will
2: you know that that was my response and you know we've always had a good relationship and i i know how to talk to her parents um i'm able to reason with them in a way that she's not because it's emotional and they know how to push her buttons you know all parents know how to push our buttons because they installed them oh yeah so, <laughs> oh yeah they did the installation they still know where they are That's very true. That's very true. Joe is saying nobody
1: puts baby in the corner. (laughs) That's very true. Those are true facts right there. Uh, JC is uh, saying right now, uh, Joni Miller, if you need a wedding singer when you two tie the knot, I'd be honored.
2: Thank you, JC. That's very sweet, man.
1: Um, I was actually going to, I was actually wondering about mom. How, I mean, because mom and Joni get along very, very well. Uh, Was there any type of, Friction or any type of, uh, you know, any type of doubt at all, you know, because I mean, moms are always going to be protective of their cubs. Mm-hmm. I know that if my mom were alive today, she it's so funny, my mom and, and I'm just uh, not wanting to like digress or anything, but it's it's interesting because my mom never actually interfered with any of my relationships. Mm-hmm. But and the only reason why is because she knew not to because I knew when the person I'm dating would cross the line and that happened. And my mom, she would just like, I, I, for me to actually want to be with the person I want to be with, they have to get along with my mom. That was the number one rule. Mm -hmm. And the first time I was with, there was only one time, one time that I was dating a girl that totally dismissed my mom would ignore her. Like not even like want to bond with her or anything. I gave her a chance the first time. I thought maybe, okay, she's having an off day. You got to give people the benefit of the doubt. She did this again the second time. There was not a third. Mm -hmm. That was the bottom line. And my mom, you remember how my mom was? Sweetest, kindest, dearest person. Love her instantly. I mean, that was her. That Mm -hmm. was who she was. How could you not love that woman? And the moment that happened, I was like, you're done. My mom, all she did was smile. She's like, okay that's all she did she didn't have to Mm -hmm. do it because she knew damn well what i would do Mm -hmm. she knew what i would do
2: she knew that it wouldn't take much that's how Mm -hmm. she was because she knew who she raised i was very blessed in that my mom saw how Joni had basically saved my life you know i mean i was not in a great place hated all women i mean it's i mean not Hated all women, but for a relation. I mean, I was not interested in dating. You know, women are evil and just want to destroy you. You know, I, I was not a not in a good place when I met Joni. And the funny thing is, my mom called it. I think I've told you this story before. Before mm-hmm. I went to New Orleans, um, my little brother was talking about was getting very serious with his girl at the time and was talking about proposing to her. And I basically just like laughed. I was like, hey, "Good luck with that." <laughs> and she looked at me and said, "You know what? You're coming back from New Orleans with a woman." hell i am and sure enough i did and um they know mom really got to know joni the first summer we were together i've told you i brought joni and the boys out to california to stay with us and to do all the you know touristy things and just to spend time together and a i think one or two week trip turned into almost six and a half weeks and we just had a wonderful time and at the end of the trip mom just had a little card that she kind of slipped it slipped her that basically said thank you for making my son so happy that's awesome so you know from day one mom could see the changes she could see how happy Joni made me and you know my mom that's all she ever wanted and
1: it's 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 crazy because even my mom told me how her interaction with my grandmother was they mind you they never met until my dad took us when I was six years old down to el salvador Mm -hmm. to meet my family because we hadn't seen him like my dad hadn't seen him in years he hadn't been to el salvador in years and he figured this would be a good opportunity for him to introduce my my grandmother to me to my mom because they never met instant love the moment they met Mm -hmm. they both got along so well (laughs) my mom mom tells me the story (laughs) because the thing is as a six-year-old i didn't know that much spanish and, of course, it's a Spanish-speaking country. So I used to talk to my mom in English. She would respond to me in Spanish. That's the reason why I became so very well-versed bilingually. And my grandma <laughs> started talking to me in Spanish. And I looked at my grandma, and I'm like, Grandma, you need to go to school and learn English. at <laughs> six years old. But the, time, the moment that I embarrassed my mom wasn't that. My mom used to have this saying in Spanish, ah, abuelita, which means ah, your grandmother. She said that in front of my grandmother, <laughs> and my grandma, she just looked at my mom. Was like, "Ah, oh, so your grandmother, huh?" My mom turned <laughs> bright red. She was so embarrassed, and my mom, she was like, "You see the trouble
2: you got me in." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Great story. Um, Oh yeah. You know, at the interpersonal relationships with families and in-laws and all that kind of stuff, it can be very, very, very difficult, very tricky. Um, you know, I'm speaking from experience as well. And, uh, you know, that my oldest son, you know, all about that and there's some in-law issues there and so on. So, um, you know it's 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 variable i'm glad that it worked out for them i'm glad that you know matt's mom was only kind of testing her and looking to see if she was for real and if she could stand up for herself but uh you know in general i i i don't recommend you know trying to manipulate somebody to get a result you want
1: and according to tamila <laughs> after that everything was smooth sailing after that mm-hmm. they have had a, nothing but an incredible relationship with one another that's awesome. Uh, she loves her mother. Her mother-in-law loves her. I mean, all is well. Everything's well. Everything worked out perfectly. That's all the mom wanted to know. She had the balls to stand up to her and she got her response and that's all she wanted. That's awesome. That's very
2: wanted. cool. I'm so, glad it all worked out.
1: In other entertainment news, uh, obviously we all know the issue going on with uh, Michael Orr and uh, you know, the blind side and how he claims that, uh, he was under conservatorship, how, you know, he kind of got screwed out of, uh, you know, making any money off of the blind side. Now he's talking about some inaccuracies that happened in the movie. But according to producers of the blind side, there were no inaccuracies. They went ahead and posted a statement saying, quote, we feel it is now important for us to respond to some recent media reports, which include many mischaracterizations and uninformed opinions. Um, the impetuous I'm sorry, the impetus, not the impetus, the impetus for these stories has been a lawsuit by Michael Orr, which seems to have given critics and journalists alike a justification to unfairly pick apart. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my thing refreshed. I hate it when it does that. Uh, to unfairly uh, pick apart the movie 14 years later, some going so far as to call it fake or a lie. Uh, they went ahead to basically say that, the film will never be a lie or a fake. That was the bottom line that they went ahead and said. Now, obviously, in many movies, there's going to be discrepancies. Not everything's going to be, you know, down the middle or anything like that. Because it was, if it's a biopic of somebody's life, there's going to be certain things that, you know, obviously are going to be off. Um, but I, I don't know. I think Makalore either is trying to either remain relevant in the spotlight or is trying to find a cash, a cash out or is telling the truth. It could be any of these things. Mm -hmm. That's Um, the thing.
2: We just don't know at this point, you know, it is so much of a, he said, she said, I don't even know how much we'll know for sure. Once this goes to trial and more facts start coming out. But what I can say is I've been around enough um, book adaptations, biography adaptations and things like that to know that, unless you want to make a six to seven hour film, events have to be condensed. Sometimes characters have to be condensed. There are sometimes characters who do something in a film, a biography pick that they didn't do. It was a completely other character or a completely other person in the true story, but they didn't have enough, you know, time to introduce that other person. Mm-hmm. That's that's just the writing process of this. So I can understand when the producers and the writers say that this will never be a lie, because what they're trying to do when you do these films is get the overall feel and overall picture across. Mm -hmm. Some smaller details are always going to be, like I said, condensed, nixed, changed. Um, Some things are changed for dramatic effect because it needs it for the film. Um, I can tell you right now that, you know, in putting together the film out ad- of, you know, the script adaptation for the book okay. that I wrote with Dr. Brandon for when I wished upon a star, there is going to be a lot of things that are not exactly accurate uh, to put all of that information into a two hour film is very difficult. So I can see where he would be coming from. He may be completely correct that, you know, these things were totally off and false, but there may have been reasons why they wrote them that way you know, trying to make sure they fit as much of the important details into the story as they could. So uh, this is a really messy situation. Um, I honestly, I mean, there's no side to pick because we don't know anything. Uh, the fact that the Tui family, who is the family that was his conservators have offered to end the conservatorship or whatever it was and end it outright with no battle and no problems. Um, you know, can mean one of two things. It can mean that there's nothing left for them to gain by doing it or that, you know, they never meant for this to be a bad thing and they were only trying to help. And now that he views it as a problem, they're willing to get rid of it. We just don't know. All I know is this is a total mess. I feel bad for all of them because we, I mean, there's obviously a lot of grievances on both sides. There's a lot of hurt on both sides right now. And it just sucks. I mean, you
1: know, and especially like if you watch the movie, the amount of love that was a that was in that family in that movie. And now this, it's really heartbreaking to see something like this. It, and it's always, always money. It's always money that has to do with it every single time. It always has to do with money. And that's that's tragic that it has to do with that. I mean, um, we have uh, Joe actually uh, is mentioning something about, uh, and you've seen this movie. I haven't seen it yet. I uh, felt that weird Al Yankovic, uh biopic was a bit exaggerated
2: well it was the weird outpick was complete it was done that way on purpose they embellished everything i mean he never outsold michael jackson in those days he wasn't the one who came up with the the beat it you know eat, he didn't come up with eat it before michael jackson did well, he, never married, he, he never even married a, or a dated madonna either right well the, we don't know that i mean you know, Madonna was kind of dating everybody at that time. We have sure. no proof whether that happened or not. Sure. Um, but there was a lot that was, I mean, that's the way they wanted to tell the story because his life was so outlandish. They wanted to just blow it. So, I mean, there were very few facts that were accurate in that movie because they exaggerated almost everything on purpose.
1: Well, now just saying
2: "ll yes" was being sarcastic. <laughs> got it, oh, got it, are, got, got it, Know Joe. that?
1: How are we supposed to know that? Well, Joe? it's hard
2: to know in text. You know, <laughs> sarcasm doesn't come across quite as well.
1: <laughs> uh, JC actually went ahead and uh, said, uh, "Or is a limelight addict." Excuse the vernacular. The film was based on the real story, and he's just out to get in on its popularity more than the film brought in when it first premiered.
2: Um, JC, I don't know if we know enough about this yet to make that kind of call. Honestly, um, you know, my feeling leans a little bit towards that, uh, just after seeing some of the interviews, you know, body language, the way they're talking about it. I kind of lean that way, but I don't think we have enough facts to come to that conclusion yet. I really don't. Um, we don't know enough about these people. They haven't lived their life in the limelight. We don't know what was done and what wasn't done at this point. Uh, but I, my inclination would be to agree with you, but I don't think we're at a point where we can, you know, we can really say that.
1: Well, I guess that's uh, just my we, opinion. Well, like you said, we're just gonna have to wait and find out what happens with the results of everything, you know, with the trial, if it goes to trial and unless there's a settlement somewhere between now and then you know but i don't i don't think there's gonna be a settlement i don't think i think they're gonna go to trial for this so
2: well, i don't see how there could really be a settlement uh the family has already said that you know they only made this much money off of it. it was not millions and millions and millions of dollars like he has claimed uh they've been willing to open up the books and show what they actually you know got out of it so i i don't know where these millions that he would be trying to get would come from
1: We'll just have to wait and see and find out Uh, in other entertainment news, uh, movies and TV shows affected by the strike. Obviously we still know that uh, screen actors guild and writers guild of America are both still on strike. How many, how long is it now? Like how long? Like writers have been
2: over 120 days, I think at this point. And uh, I think it's coming up on 120 days or we just passed it. And uh, the actors joined almost two months ago now. So I think we're at seven weeks for the actors. So it's, uh, yeah, this has really slowed things down. I have a lot of friends that are, as I've told you, from every, you know, actors, writers, uh, cameramen, lighting guys, prop guys, you know, friends I've had for years who aren't working. You know, there are some shows that were able to kind of finagle around it because they weren't having new stuff written for them, different types of shows, but even those are starting to go down now. They're starting to go dark. So, this is affecting the entire industry. And at some point, you know, these streaming companies are going to run out of content. You know, it's saving their bottom line at the moment, but they're losing money hand over fist on projects that they've already greenlit, projects they've already put money into that are just sitting dead and stagnant now. So, this is hurting the entire industry. And at some point, it's going to get painful enough that both sides are going to have to start making some concessions.
1: According to uh, the Associated Press.com, it says right here, uh, "quote Late night talk shows and many television productions were put on long term hiatus due to the writers' strike. Movie tent poles, um, sorry, movie tent poles. Some in mid production have shut down too, from Ridley Scott's Gladiator sequel to Deadpool three. And studios are also pushing some of their completed films into 2024 as well." On Thursday, Warner Brothers reshuffled several films, notably moving Dune 2 from November to March 2024. The studio also shifted the release date of a Lord of the Rings movie that will now arrive in theaters in December 2024.
2: Yeah, it's this is creating a giant mess. And as I've said, I'm not looking, you know, as an actor, I'm not looking for the, you know, the producers, not the producers, but, you know, the the big production houses to give the actors absolutely everything they asked for. But the original proposal that was done, or at least the last proposal that was done before the strike was an incredibly reasonable document. It really was. And it seems to me the only reason that they would reject something like that is because, again, they're being greedy. They don't want, they've had it very good for 15 years now with all the streaming. They've been making insane amounts of money without having to pay the people who actually gave them that product. Now they don't want to have to pay for it. They want to keep that sweetheart deal going. And that's just not going to happen. There's, there's no, that's going to have to change. But they don't have to give Everything. A good negotiation is when both sides end up unhappy. And that's what's going to have to happen to get this all moving again, because right now they are still very far apart from what I'm hearing. And, uh, you know, it's we're in this for the long haul. So I, uh, it's just bad all the way around the people I feel the, you know, the worst for, I mean, I feel bad for everybody. You know, a lot of people think that, oh, you actors, they all get paid so much and they're making this and that. No, there's, you know, freaking, I think it's something like 7% of SAG makes the top 1%. Those are the people making millions. The other 93% are struggling. They're the ones who make, you know, just enough to get by and have to hustle. And right now they have nothing coming in. Everybody's hurting makeup artists do not get paid a heck of a lot hair stylists wardrobe people they're not making millions to do a project they're not even making hundreds of thousands of dollars to do a project they're making normal you know normal wage money and now that's gone I mean everybody's hurting while all these big heads are sitting there with their 40 million dollars a year and all this other crap and they don't care so you know the sympathy needs to be behind the people who actually provide you the entertainment The fat cats who get to put their name on it after and have absolutely nothing to do with it being made and have no creative talent and couldn't bring a good film to you if they tried without the writers and the actors. Well, you know, they're the ones who, you know, you don't need to be supporting them. Seriously. That's the bottom line. Well,
1: we'll just have to hopefully wait and see that, you know, some sort of agreement comes to pass because,
2: I mean, it's getting it's getting thin it's, it's gonna have to happen at some point, but honestly, I don't see it happening this year. I've told you that. I'm fingers crossed and I'm praying, but I honestly think early next year is probably the is what we're looking at.
1: Ask Joni to tell you what I said. I said virtually the same thing you said. I said damn near verbatim what you just said because yep. I just had that feeling. So what is that the way? Coming up next, we got some sports talk for you right after this.
0: Listening to stuff has never been so enjoyable. If you had the misfortune to have been born after 1990, then you missed out on a lot of cool stuff. Then Is Now podcast is here to remedy that. Join Rigor and his dedicated band of rotating hosts as they tackle pop culture of the past and how it relates today. From celebrity interviews to film and TV discussion and beyond, then Is Now podcast brings you up to speed on all the cool stuff that you should know about. Plus, the, the east, east meets, meets the, the West. west. Well, well. If you enjoy movies that have lots of shooting and fighting, then there's a whole world of films out there that you don't even know about. Join our hosts on a journey as they discuss the amazing kung fu films of the Shaw Brothers and Western films made in Italy that have become known as Spaghetti Western. Action, adventure, kung fu fighting. Both shows and more can be found at havenpodcasts.com. Warning may cause nostalgic feelings and eliminate boredom.
2: Does it cause nostalgic feelings and eliminate boredom? It it does for me. I mean, I was a big fan of all those horrible, you know, martial arts films and stuff that they showed every Saturday morning on, what was it, KTLA? Yeah. After the morning that. cartoons. So I loved watching those as a kid. So that does bring back memories for me. <laughs> oh,
1: man, uh, We got some sports to chat with you guys about today, including uh, WWE had a great loss just yesterday, actually. And we were actually at the Hollywood Museum. I got home and I saw this on uh, my uh, my social media feed and I couldn't believe it. Uh, Wyndham Rotunda, Rotunda uh, also known as Bray Wyatt in the WWE, passed away at the age of 36 yesterday. He uh, had a sudden heart attack. That was the cause of his passing, uh, something that none of us expected. Uh, Bray Wyatt was an incredible talent to the WWE. He actually was set, many, many, actually many people theorized that he was set to take over for The Undertaker. Uh, Now that The Undertaker has retired from wrestling, he was set to take over uh, during a segment uh, in WWE a few months ago. Uh, There was a moment where Bray Wyatt and The Undertaker were face-to-face. And uh, Undertaker walked up to him, whispered something in his ear, in his ear, kind of in a sense passing the torch onto him, and walked out of the ring and out of the arena in his motorcycle and left uh, Bray Wyatt standing there. Uh, to this day, nobody really knows what Undertaker whispered in his ear. This is between him and Bray Wyatt, but unfortunately, uh, this uh, this actually uh, is, is very very hard for a lot of wrestling fans uh, that Bray Wyatt passed away. Uh, something that nobody expected at all 36 years old nobody would have expected it according to reports it seems that Bray was uh, battling some uh, uh, an undisclosed illness at the time, and uh, a lot of people say that he caught COVID, which activated some sort of a heart condition that he had, uh, which may have caused uh, the heart attack that happened. Uh, He was also, uh, he's a part, he comes from a long line of wrestlers, one of which many of us know from the 80s, IRS, Erwin R. uh, Scheister, who teamed up with the Million Dollar Man in the 80s. That was his father, that was uh, Bray Wyatt's father. Uh, He also has a brother as well that also wrestled Uh, Many people uh, went ahead and uh, and reached out, including John Cena uh, went ahead and posted as uh, saying, quote, devastated by the news of the passing of Wyndham Rotunda. My heart goes out to the entire Rotunda family. Wyndham brought the best out of me in so many ways. I'm forever grateful for the moments we shared a sad day for all those he reached around the world. Rest in peace. Another wrestler, Braun Strowman, went ahead, uh, who is also the godfather uh, to one of Bray Wyatt's children, said eight years ago today, I joined you as your black sheep. If I knew only an eight on eight short years later, I would have to say goodbye. I sure as hell wouldn't have taken so much for granted. Uh, You were my best friend, my mentor, my big little brother, my brother of destruction. You were there for all my highs and my lows as I was for yours. You taught me so many things in the business that we shared and loved. And you taught me so much in life. You truly made me a better person. I was so honored the day I found you were having uh, Nash Boy a- and you asked me to be his godfather. I love you, Hoot. Uh, I-, I-, I honestly cannot even begin to express how shocked I was. I mean, we just lost legendary wrestler Terry Funk at the age of 72, which that right there, I mean, no death is ever you know, truly expected, but I mean, at the age of seventy-two, we think, okay, he lived a great life. But thirty-six years old—that's something that, I mean, I, I just, I can't put, I can't wrap my head around something like that.
2: No, it's always incredibly tragic when we lose, you know, an athlete and a, an entertainer, somebody with that much talent at such a young age. Um, it's, it's tragic when anybody young, you know passes because they've, as you just said, they didn't get that full long life that everybody wants for the people they care about. Um, this is just brutal. It really is. Um, what, what are you supposed to say? This guy was, as you said, an up and, I mean, he's not even an up and comer. He's established, but was basically on the path to be one of their torchbearers. Um, that's the type of talent he had and the personality that he had. And truthfully, I, I've heard a lot of the stories. There's always a lot of the backroom stories. And nowadays when guys retire, they're all doing the podcasts. So they're all dishing dirt. You know, they're all spilling the tea and there's no Bray Wyatt stories. You know, I mean, nobody talks about him rubbing people the wrong way. Nobody talks about him, you know, working too stiff and having to get a receipt and get popped or something or causing drama backstage or, you know, being a little bitch, whatever it is. You never heard that stuff about him. This was a guy that people loved to work with, that they loved wrestling with, they loved having around and to lose him so young is an absolute tragedy. I can't imagine how the WWE uh, family is is dealing right now, but that's a tough one.
1: Uh, Definitely is Uh, J.C. Strickland went ahead and uh, post Uh, Rotunda was also known as Michael McGillicuddy in NXT and NXT's early years. That said, to lose a gifted talent so young is a hard shot to WWE and to the sports entertainment community. Uh, It's crazy because so many people because he hasn't been on WWE television for for a very long time. Again, he was uh, going through some some undisclosed illness and everything uh, and everybody was expecting him to come back. They were all everybody has been expecting him to come back and do huge things. I mean, he's a three-time world champion, uh, and he was just so enigmatic. His stories, the way he told his stories from the Bryant family, from the White family, uh to uh the Fiend, and so many other characters that he had. He was already starting to develop another character. He was just an enigmatic character in the WWE, which is what we lost when we lost the undertaker to retirement, Mm -hmm. you know, we needed a new version of the undertaker and now no more. It's just, it's just sad. It's just a sad, sad day in uh, wrestling, to be honest with you. And, uh, our condolences go to the Rotunda family and every single WWE fan who was affected by this great loss in wrestling are definitely that, uh, in other sports news, uh, Bronny James uh, gets test results back. I mean, talk about heart conditions. This is actually uh, good news, actually, uh, that uh, that happened here, uh, Jeremy.
2: It is. Um, see, Bronny James got his results back from the heart uh, tests that they did. If everybody, if you don't know, Bronny James was uh, at practice at USC, um, his freshman year is just starting there, and he had a heart attack. Uh, You know, 18 years old, and he had a heart attack right there on the court. And the tests have shown that he actually has a congenital heart defect. He was born with a heart defect. Um, The doctors have said that it is a, um, let me see, where is it? It is an anatomically and functionally significant congenital heart defect, which can and will be treated. We are very confident in Brony's full recovery and a return to basketball in the very near future. Now, uh, congenital heart defects have come a long way. Uh, You know that my writing partner uh, from When I Wished Upon a Star, Dr. Brandon Phillips, has a congenital heart defect. He is a heart warrior along with uh, many, many other people who have worked through this. The advances that they have come to medically for these type of problems has advanced so much in the last 20 years that it's not shocking um, that they can treat this and Hopefully he'll be able to move on with his career and still be able to compete. And, you know, I don't just say that because man USC's basketball team could use him, you know, it would be because at that that point, you know, UCLA rules on that one. (laughs) I gotta over over gotta up up to you know, <laughs> if, if if you know things keep going the way they're going, we might actually get competitive soon. But um, I mean yeah, I can't really. say we'll overtake UCLA basketball, but we could maybe be competitive again. But <laughs> it's just really <laughs> cool to see that you know these things have um that the technology and the treatments have advanced enough that this isn't going to completely or most likely will not destroy this kid's uh career. So that's good you know, news. It's really good news, and uh, it may take him a while to get back. He may have to have some surgery. You never know what they're going to have to do specifically to correct this heart defect or to treat it. Um, but I'm I'm glad that this hopefully will not affect. It doesn't look like this will affect his future in basketball.
1: And on that note, that's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us here on the Navarro Miller Report. Uh, we have a three-day weekend, right? Is it Labor yeah. Day?
2: I think it's Labor Day.
1: <laughs> I'm the get,
2: wrong person to
1: ask. Tell us. <laughs> I believe it's Labor Day. Uh, that, uh, that because it's always like what is it? It's the last day of the summer. I believe it's it's always Labor Day. I believe so. Anyways, regardless, everybody, <laughs> everybody, go ahead and have a wonderful weekend. We will be back on here again uh, next Friday from six to seven p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was. I'm sorry. Labor Day is next weekend. I just got, I was just told I'm i I'm a, I'm a week early. (laughs) Anyways. uh, Thanks again, everybody for joining us here on the Navarro Miller report. Uh, Again, we will be back here again next Friday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific standard time. I will be back on uh, the air on Monday. I have a special guest uh, uh, musical artist. Amanda Holly will be my guest on, uh, on the ride home. Uh, with uh, Dave Navarro on Dead Dork Radio. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh as, as it stands, I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. I'm your host, Dave Navarro, along with this USC piece of... Hi, how you doing? I
2: love him so much. I'm Jeremy Miller. Fight on, baby.
1: <laughs> we will see everybody here next time, right here on the Navarro-Miller Report. We'll see you guys all next time. Have a good night, everybody.
2: You have been listening to the Navarro Miller report.
1: This episode of the Navarro Miller report was brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network and sponsored by
2: Dudley Grounds Coffee.